0: Well, author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud talks a good bit about his brother-in-law, Mark, who was a Navy SEAL. He he talks about his admiration and how he looks up to Mark. He talks about the wonderful stories that Mark used to tell him about jumping out of planes at high altitudes, about hitting the cold ocean water in the middle of nowhere, about taking a power nap on the ocean floor, if you can believe that, and about coming up from that place to go and accomplish some secret mission. Dr. Cloud, admired his brother-in-law. He looked up to his brother-in-law. He's one of his heroes. And he was devastated when his brother-in-law died in the Iraq War. He remembers going to Mark's funeral and hearing stories from some of his Navy SEAL buddies about Mark, several amazing stories. One of them that stood out the most today is one that seemed relevant, to what we're talking about today, which is the power and the impact of our connections, the renewing power of our relationships on one another. It happened during what was known as Hell Week. Now you know that most of the people who set out to be Navy SEALs don't make it to the end. And so in the midst of the Hell Week, the last week of his Navy SEAL training, they had um, a training program called BUDS which is basic underwater demolition seal training. And and in the midst of this time, most people don't make it it through this. There's near hypothermia level cold waters. People are putting their body through intense pain, swimming in these cold waters under sleep deprivation. Uh, All kinds of physical strain. About two-thirds of the people who enter into that part of the training don't make it to the end. They, they, simply, they simply ring the bell. They get to that place where they want to give up, except actually they're not, they're not giving up because they still want to be Navy SEALs. They've wanted this for so long. They've sacrificed. They've, they've fought for it. They've given everything that they have for it. They're the best of the best. That longing doesn't go away in that moment when they ring their bell. But what happens is they, they don't necessarily give up, but they give out. Their bodies have used up every bit of resource, every bit of energy that they have. They hit the wall and they begin to sink down into the waters. Now, some of you this morning may feel like you've hit a wall. You've waded through the waters of this pandemic for Over a year and a half now and you may feel like you're approaching the end of your resources like you're you're pressing up against your limits you may feel like you're hitting that wall and you may be And in a very real way that's what happened to one of Mark's friends Bryce who was one of his Navy Seals buddies during the buds test Bryce hit the wall He was in the middle of the ocean, the freezing cold ocean, and and it was actually near the end of the training program. He could actually see the shore from where he was, but he had nothing left to give. His capacity was running out, and he began to sink down in the cold ocean. He was totally out of fuel. He had given everything that he had. He, He wanted to keep going, but he just couldn't. Until something happened imagine that moment imagine that moment all that he'd sacrificed all that he'd given all of the work he was one of the best of the best and he's in this moment and the lights are going out on his dream as the lights are going out on his body and he's about to ring the bell but then something happened Bryce said he was, he was sinking down in the water, and just about the time he was getting ready to signal that he needed help, that he was, that he was giving up, that he was, that he was giving out, he caught sight of the shore. And he caught sight of Mark. Mark had finished the training, he was now a Navy SEAL. And he saw Mark in the shoreline, out in the distance, jumping up and down and waving at him. And yelling out to him, Go! You can do it! You can do it! And he said something happened in that moment when he and Mark locked eyes, something happened within him, something happened beyond him. He somehow found another gear. His body somehow shifted into a place where he began to access resources that he had never accessed before. And all of a sudden, he was able to rise back up on top of the water and swim to the shore. He made it. He became a Navy SEAL. So what happened? How could something as simple and seemingly physically disconnected... As two people locking eyes do something like this, a fist pump from a friend, a shout in the distance, locking eyes in that moment, how could it create something so real, so physical, so actual, so renewing? The author of Ecclesiastes describes it like this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down or sinks down, one can help the other up. But pity one, anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And the story of Bryce and Mark illustrates that these words from Ecclesiastes are not just about two friends being together and and someone stumbling and physically being lifted up by the other person, but it's about an ancient wisdom. An ancient wisdom about a, a mystical, emotional, unseen spiritual power in human connection. Our relationships, our human connections can have so, many, so much impact on us. They can surely drag us down, but they can also fill us up and build us up. In Scripture, in fact, God often, dare I say, almost always chooses to work and to bless the world. Not so much just through individuals, but through community. And this is so purposeful. Because this is how God designed us to work and who God designed us to be and how God designed us to function. We need good, life-giving relationships to experience the abundant life that Jesus said He came to give us. And we need this to become and receive all that God desires for us in this world too. The Bible indicates, you see, and modern research affirms again and again and again that people who are trying to reach goals succeed at a much greater rate when they are connected to a strong human support system. And likewise, research has shown that people with good relationships with a strong human support system have stronger immune systems, they get sick Less frequently and when they do get sick they recover faster than people who don't have those support systems in fact in fact even if you eat an unhealthy diet but are part of a close-knit community research says you will live longer than if you are emotionally isolated and you eat only healthy food can I get an amen Our relationships have incredible power, have an incredible impact on us. Dan Siegel, who is a leading neurobiologist who studied the formation of the brain and mind in the context of relationships, sums up the curative and renewing power of relationships well when he talks about what he calls the triangle of well-being. The triangle of well-being determines how we are and who we are in any number of areas in life, in marriage and parenting and work and so many in friendship and so many other areas as well. The triangle of well being. The triangle of well being has three key elements. Number one, our body and our brain, our physical brain, the physical, how we physically are. Number two, our mind. Our mind is not our brain. Our mind is what processes the energy and the information that we need to survive and adapt and all of these things. And number three, our relational connections. So, notice this. In our work, in our social interactions, in our performance, in all of our quality of life, it's not the brain, the mind, or relationships. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's the energy within us, within our body, within our mind. And it's also the energy between us that makes a difference. Research has shown that if you want to rise beyond your ceiling, if you feel like you're at your capacity in any number of ways, you, you can't do any better, you can't go any higher, you've completely reached your potential, but if you want to go beyond your potential, it's in the connections. It's in the relationships, and that's what made the difference for Bryce in the ocean that day. That's why God chooses so often to bring blessing into the world through communities, not just individuals. Not just through Abraham, but through the descendants of Abraham. Not just through Moses, but through the children of Israel. Not just through Jesus, but through the community of disciples He he put together and He empowered through the church. The meaningful Christ-centered community that He formed. There is a power in this life that can only be accessed through meaningful, life-giving connections with God and with others. Robert Putnam talks about this in his groundbreaking book, Bowling Alone, which is really about the power of a well-connected community in this world. He says, everyone benefits from a well-connected community, a well-connected person may not bring great value to his or her community, but a well-connected community can always bring great value to a poorly connected person. And here, we believe this, again, because of it's the way we've been designed. It's who God has designed us to be and how God has made us to live. And we see this in Scripture from the end to the beginning. In Genesis 1, in fact, We're told that human beings were created unlike anything else in creation, in the image of God. The image of a God who we believe in God's very essence is community. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living together in community for all of time and beyond time. That God is in God's self a social reality And that in the image of God, we are created as social beings. And this is why in Genesis 2, when we get past that first creation story, God looks at the man after saying so many things were good and says, Not good. We see this in creation, in the litany of creation. God creates so many things and said it was good, and it was good, and it was good by God's standard of good. And then we get into Genesis 2, and God looks at the man in the garden without Eve and says, not good. It's never going to work. It's not good for the man to be alone, God says. That's not how I designed him. Never going to work. And it can be absolutely lethal. Because it's not who we are. In fact, you may remember before the pandemic, we, we did some retreats. We did a retreat and we did a Wednesday night study that was all focused around resilience. And about building resilience in ourselves and about building resilience in our children. And, and talk about this as, as something that's important for surviving and for thriving. And we shine the light on this because we believe in a holistic approach to discipleship. We believe in emotionally healthy spirituality, mind, body, soul, all of it. And resilience is an important part of this, an important part of experiencing the abundant life. And with that in mind, here's what the American Psychological Society says about resilience. They say resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, and tragedy. My goodness, have we needed that over the last year and a half. Resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, such as family problems, relationship problems, serious health problems, workplace problems, financial stressors. It means being able to bounce back from difficult experiences. What they're learning is that the more resilient you are, the better chance you have of not only surviving, but of also thriving through difficult circumstances. And the American Psychological Society says there are a number of things, in fact 10 things that they list that you can do and practice to build resilience in your life and in the life of your children. You can look it up. But the number one thing that they say you can do for building resilience in your life and in the life of your children is making connections, human connections. This is what they say. Good relationships with close family members, friends, or others are important. Accepting help and support from others who care about you and will listen to you strengthens your resilience. Is that a plug for Stephen Ministry or what? We've got this community of trained listeners in our congregation and we're going through a difficult time. My goodness, do we need Stephen Ministers to help us build our resilience. Accepting help and supporting and support from those who care about you and listen to you strengthens your resilience. Some people find that being active in civic groups or faith-based organizations, church, or other local groups provide social support and can help with, I love this, reclaiming hope. It can help with reclaiming hope. Assisting others in their time of need can also benefit the helper. If you want to build resilience, significant relationships are absolutely essential. And Dr. Cloud says in his experience, it's not just any relationships, but it's it's the right kinds of significant relationships that are essential. In his his teaching, actually, what he talks about is that emotional health or, or strength is the right relationships in the right doses. And he talks about a variety of kinds of the right relationships. Counselors, coaches, comrades, confidants, and others who start with the letter C. It's a nice memory trick. But, and even though Stephen ministers don't start with C, I think uh, we'll plug them too, right? These relationships can be so life-giving and they can be life-saving too. We need to be in relationship with these kinds of people. Because we know, we know some relationships and we can't hide from these, are going to drain us. There are going to be relationships in your life that drain you. Some of our relationships take more than they give. That's just true. That's the nature of things. But because it is true... We need to strive to have the right relationships in the right doses. We need to strive to have some of those relationships in our lives that give us energy. And we need to strive to be the kinds of people who, in relationship, give energy to others as well. Right relationships, right doses. Cloud says, he even boils it down to this, three 30-minute conversations a week with some of the right people can just be life-changing. And this is what the author of Ecclesiastes meant, I think, when he said, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The wise teacher in Ecclesiastes says, the person who chooses to live a life of isolation, the person who chooses to live a life that's all about me, is living a meaningless existence. Two are better than one, he says. They bring meaning and strength to one another. And three is even better than that because when our lives are weaving in and out of the lives of others in positive ways, we become almost unbreakable. This is how we survive. This is how we, this is how we thrive. This is how we experience renewal. And this is one of the reasons why this community why this church is so important and our engagement in it is so important not only to our lives but to the life of the world. This series has been about finding renewal, posturing ourselves for renewal at a time when we all so desperately need it. And we know that one of the most important things that we can do to posture ourselves for renewal is to lean into the powerful life-giving relationships that we have in meaningful Christ-centered community. It's essential. We can likely survive for a little while without it. And we've certainly done that during this pandemic. We've we've fasted from relationships. We've fasted from community from something that's so important to us. We found creative ways to connect, but we've also been through this period of of fasting. But you know, thriving without meaningful Christ-centered community is ultimately going to be a significant challenge. A significant challenge. Now we have many challenges right now. And we need to love one another to love our neighbors as ourselves, to do what we can to stay safe and to keep others safe and, and healthy. This is a strange and difficult time that we're living in and we also desperately need the power of positive connection in our lives. We need to renew our commitment to posture ourselves for renewal, the renewal that comes through community, through meaningful relationships. So I wonder what that'll look like for you. What might that look like for you now? In the days ahead? In the weeks ahead? In the months ahead? In the years ahead? In the year ahead as things continue to evolve? What might that look like for you? A cord of three strands is not easily broken. What's it going to look like for you? To weave your life intentionally back into the life-giving practice and posture of community. We consider this prayerfully as we continue to worship together.